On today's show, something completely different. You probably noticed the title, How to Write the College Essay, as in the essay for the college application, as opposed to any old essay one might write in college. Well, that's literally all this episode is about. So straightforward that I'm not even going to drop any teaser clips here because, again, literally all this episode is about is how to write the college essay. You may be saying, Pete, what's the deal? No interview? No hot new take on what and how and why we learn vis-a-vis an area of human experience I may not consider very often? How does this fit in with the project of your podcast? If you are saying anything like that, I appreciate you. And let me explain. This is, in fact, a sample of a new project I'm developing with Greg Jackson of Action J Productions called Point of Learning Masterclass, a video series specifically for high school English teachers. In other words, people who are still doing the work I did and loved for nearly 20 years. Whereas the Point of Learning podcast is fairly wide-ranging in topics and geared for a general audience curious about what and how and why we learn, that's you, this spin-off project will be a series of videos about how and why to teach high school English specifically, showcasing strategies I developed myself or adapted from colleagues during my time in the classroom. So why am I sharing audio from a sample episode of that video project here? A couple of reasons. One, this is the time of year when high school seniors who will be applying to college but have not yet applied to college are probably struggling with the application essay, which means their families are probably also struggling to a greater or lesser degree with the essay. If this sounds like someone you know, please share this episode. I won't be providing the usual transcript, but there will be a downloadable PDF with all the key tips. Another reason I'm dropping this show in the regular podcast feed is that Greg and I are looking for some more high school English teachers and departments to check out and provide feedback on a few episodes as we develop this new series. We have some ideas, but we're looking to expand the network. So if you know someone, please pass this along and drop me a line through the contact information on the show page. So coming right up, how to write the college essay. Again, the following audio is pulled from a video that will pop with all the visual intensity you've come to expect from Action J Productions, which you're just going to have to imagine for now. And the audience I'm talking to in the next 18 minutes or so is high school English teachers. But if you're still listening, you may just dig it yourself. On the other hand, if you are a senior who has not written their college essay yet, I'm afraid you have no choice. Let's go. In this segment, I'd like to talk with you about the college essay. I taught for 18 years, different levels, sometimes freshmen, sometimes juniors, but always seniors. And not every senior I taught ended up applying to college. There are plenty of seniors you may teach who are not applying to college, but probably a fair number of them are, and probably a fair number of them will need to write a college essay. I propose doing it as an assignment and doing it fairly early in the fall or late summer, depending on when you start teaching. And part of the reason is that it's a great way to build rapport because it's a source of stress, it matters to them, and they will really appreciate the help that they get with it. 
Now, along those lines, you may have some kind of ethical considerations. There may be some people who kind of take a old school approach that say, well, shouldn't the college essay be the student's own work and only the student's own work? I'm not suggesting that you write the essay for the students. I'm suggesting you give feedback just as you would on any other, any other piece of writing. I mean, that this is a fairly high stakes piece of writing so you can really do, uh, kind of move the needle further, faster, in terms of your relationship. Also consider, if the ethical consideration gives you some, uh, some pause, remember that students of means are going to have ways to have highly uh, specific coaches and editors for their work. And so if you don't offer some support to all of your students, that means we continue to advantage a certain population of students while keeping everybody else at a, at a kind of more basic level. You may be asking, how do I sell this as an assignment to students who do not need to write a college essay? Well, then it's just a personal essay, right? Which is a perfectly valid thing to get some experience with. Also, by the time that they're seniors, to think about what an essay really is and what it really means. Remember, essay comes from that French verb, essayer, you know, to try something, to attempt something. So this can be quite a bit different from like the, the five paragraph essay, also known as the dreaded five paragraph essay that some essay writers cut their teeth on as freshmen and sophomores. It's a good exercise for everybody. Grading for this one. This is a nice way to, to introduce a little bit of variety, especially if you are in a situation where you need to give a letter grade or a number grade for all assignments. What I liked to do for the college essay was to say like, look, you can write this as many times as you want because I know this matters to you. Again, we're saying for students who are using this as part of their application process. I know this matters to you. I want to help you. Here's what an A means. An A means I think this really sounds like you. It represents good work, a strong um, example of your writing. It is error free. You know, you have proofread it and it is error free. It is ready to go. That's what an A means. Every other grade up until that, you get that level for every other draft that doesn't get an A. That will be some kind of reflection of where that paper is relative to what an A means in this context. But then when you get the A, I will replace every other grade. So the A is the only grade that stays. And so that can be a nice thing and a nice incentive for students to keep working on it. Again, this is a little unusual in the scope of assignments that we as English teachers give to students because the stakes are as such that, you know, they may have parents, guardians at home hassling them about it, like, have you done this yet? Have you written this yet? And so it is a real possibility that they can do some excellent work. So that this is as authentic an exercise as possible, I want to use the actual 2022-23 common app essay questions. Uh, and there are seven of them. And I'm actually going to read the text of them just so that we have something to keep in mind as we talk about like the process for how to work on them. One, some students have a background, identity, interest, or talent that is so meaningful they believe their application would be incomplete without it. If this sounds like you, please share your story. Two, the lessons we take from obstacles we encounter can be fundamental to later success. Recount a time when you faced a challenge, setback, or failure. How did it affect you? And what did you learn from the experience? Three, reflect on a time when you questioned or challenged a belief or idea. What prompted your thinking? 
What was the outcome? Four, reflect on something that someone has done for you that has made you happy or thankful in a surprising way. How has this gratitude affected or motivated you? Five, discuss an accomplishment, event, or realization that sparked a period of personal growth and a new understanding of yourself or others. Six, describe a topic, idea, or concept you find so engaging that it makes you lose all track of time. Why does it captivate you? What or who do you turn to when you want to learn more? Seven, share an essay on any topic of your choice. It can be one you've already written, one that responds to a different prompt, or one of your own design. So even before I got to option number seven there, there was already quite a range of possibilities that students could go with. I told you that I worked with seniors every year that I taught English. Over the course of 18 years in the classroom, I'm telling you I read thousands upon thousands of drafts of college essays. I mention this not to be all like, what? But to, to, to say that I have thought about some of the things that can go wrong. I have talked with admissions officers about what they read for. I have talked with college counselors who specialize in college counseling and people who give advice on this topic on the side. So I feel quite comfortable telling you that you want to have students keep in mind what admissions crews look for. One is always some capacity for growth some awareness of, of what they've been through and potential for change, capacity for growth. Two, your ability to make sense of what's happened to you. So you tell about what's happened, you show it, and then you think about it and make sense of it. Three, how you make a contribution and how you might make a contribution to this college campus or college community. That's really what they're on the lookout for. And they want you to show it, not just tell it. When I had students do this for me, I would say that, you know, make sure that you tell me what question that you're answering because I want to make sure that you've completely answered the question. Also, any kinds of notes for me. This is something that is especially, because the stakes are especially high for a student who's using this for their college application, it means that you know, it can go wrong if you come down too hard or like work on the wrong thing with them or if there's something that they feel pretty proud of and you come at it more directly than you might otherwise. Um, you want to have a sense for, you know, where they have been with this uh, draft because unlike other compositions they will write for you, they may have been working on this one for months already. So you want to get a sense of like, eh, what do you want me to read for? Having read many essays, I can tell you some ways that they tend to go wrong. One, essay is not really an essay, but just a very long story, or not even such a long story, but it's a story without any reflection, without any sense-making. You want to make sure that the reflection is part, is built into the essay. Another pitfall is that the essay doesn't really answer the question. Now notice with some of those seven options of the, of the current Common App questions, there were several parts to the question that they asked. So make sure that what you write, um, this is you talking to the students, make sure that what you write answers the question. Another very common pitfall is that the essay isn't really an essay, but it's kind of like a narrative brag sheet. 
if you will. That is to say, the essay isn't focused on one thing, but focused on a number of different characteristics. It's not really um, dialed in on one particular on one particular topic. Another pitfall is like trying too hard to seem unique or extraordinary. Everybody's different. Everybody already is unique. If you write in a true way, in a real way, that will come across. One of the best personal essays, it was written for a college essay, was how much he loved Orange Crush. I'm talking about like the soft drink, Orange Crush. Like he had a ritual in school uh, that kept him going between certain periods of the day. He took a certain route to the cafeteria and he got his orange crush and he described the vending machine, the ritual, the, but also the significance of it for him and what it meant as a break in his day and something that allowed him to keep going. He was writing about buying a soda or pop. I don't know what, what, where you are in the country, but it was a soda pop that he was purchasing but he was writing about it in a true way, in a real way, and I was like, I'm reading this thing and I'm getting a sense for you, the writer. Like, that's what you want. A perfectly ordinary thing, but writing about it in a real way. And another major pitfall that essays can run into is that, like, the, the, the reflection at the end, like, rests on some kind of cliché. A, a cliché, of course, is a well-worn or trite expression. The French word cliché means cliché, but it also means negative. Did you know that? Like a film negative. They call it a cliché. And the idea, of course, is that you could take this thing and then make literally infinity prints from this one thing because it's so, you know. So you don't want to have like a very personal experience and then wind up with saying like, you know what, then I realize tomorrow is another day. Those kids taught me more than I ever taught them, right? And so you can help, because sometimes students will not recognize that something feels as much like a cliche as you who've been around in the world a little bit longer do, so you can help uh, guide them, you know? And you can say kind of the same thing, but just use fresh language about it, like make it specific to you, because um, a cliche got to be a cliche because it was a common, you know, a common enough idea but it's just like the language will ring boring um, for your readers and for the college readers as well. How do you write an essay that doesn't fall into any of these traps and that satisfies what college admissions crews are looking for, right? Your capacity to reflect, to grow, and to make a contribution or some combination of those things. How do you do it? Well, I'm gonna share with you what I jokingly called Old Doc Horn's college essay formula. And sometimes I thought it worked so well that I would be like, you know what, this isn't the college essay anymore. This is the college easy, you guys. And that's coming from a guy who doesn't really like puns, so you know how much I liked it. All right. So here's the formula, and I call it a formula is a little bit of a joke uh, because it's really endlessly specific. It's specific to the writer, but it has this, these three main parts to it, okay? So basically, section one, and it could be, these could be three paragraphs, right? Or just three parts to it, but this is how I would conceptualize it and explain it to students. You open with a vivid anecdote. 
That's section one. We'll say some more about that in a second. Section two, background, explanation, context. You know, tell us what you need to know. Section three is the reflection. This is the money part, okay? Making sense of what happened before. And this will allow you to do something very interesting, very personal, very specific in those two pages or whatever the word count is. You know, it's not a lot of space that you get, but this way it will kind of keep you on target, do something specific, right? And what I would suggest is, you know, if students don't know like which essay, you know, which topic they want to pick, have them pre-write a little bit. Like pick a couple that look good to you and think like, well, or write, like, which one would I have to, you know, to say more about? You know, kind of write your way into discovering, like, you know, what are the possibilities for this of, like, what I could do with this one versus that one? And allow a little, you know, kind of experimentation expression just in determining the topic. But then, when it comes down to writing, I would do, like, the writing on each one of these sections. And here's a little bit more detail about them. So section one, which I call the vivid anecdote, like this takes you right there. If you were thinking about like in terms of movies, right? Like this would be like a close up or like slow motion or like weird music would be coming in uh, because you're really trying to figure out like something extraordinary is going on, but I'm not sure exactly where, you know, where it's gonna go, but I'm very interested. So you're starting in a way that takes your reader right there. Maybe it's present tense. My hands began to hurt from pounding the dining room table. Sorry about that, you guys. Things were so vivid in the moment there that I didn't realize that I didn't use present tense at all, which of course would be my hands begin to hurt from pounding the dining room table. I Back to that anecdote. Whoa, you know, that's an opening set. Like, what's going to happen? What, what is this person, you know, frustrated about? That kind of thing. So the vivid anecdote, but it takes you there. What did it smell like? What did it look like? What did it sound like? How did it feel? Again, present tense, play around with it, but make it just pop. And it's something obviously related to you know, this experience or this topic or, you know, whatever it is that you've chosen for your question, whatever kind of essay that you want to write, but it's something that's central to it, but just showcases a moment that's critical, that's powerful, but you really also show off your skill as a writer because you're bringing your reader right there to this moment that matters, this moment that's central, okay? Section one, vivid anecdote. Section two is what I call background explanation context. This is much more like if that was a close-up, now you're pulling back. Now you're actually giving like the establishing shot. You're like, oh wait, this is my hometown or whatever, you know, whatever it is, so that you can make sense of what just happened in the vivid anecdote. But you're not telling everything. You're not telling the whole story. You're telling just enough so that people can make sense of what happened and like get you set up for what's really gonna be the money section. Section three is the reflection, the sense making. So what did this experience mean, okay? Anecdote, you take me there. Section two, you give me just enough to understand. Like I was on this trip for this reason or this was something I did every day as part of my like after school job or this is always how my sister behaved when she saw a horse or you know, you know whatever, depending on what your topic is, you're giving the background explanation and context in that second section. But then 
the third one, the third part of it, and again, it could be a separate paragraph, but it's the third section, but it's the one they're looking for. It's the one that keeps you as a reader and as an admissions officer from saying, so what? What did the student realize? What sense do they make of it now? This is the part that's really going to make a difference. Always when I, when I would you know, talk about writing a conclusion for any kind of work, I was like, you want to keep your reader from asking, so what? But especially for this one, because you can have a really extraordinary experience or a really ordinary experience that you've described in an extraordinary way, it's a beautiful option, but if you don't make sense of it at the end, then you're not showcasing that perspective or that capacity for growth that you really want to use this essay to showcase. And you're also not exploiting the full power of composition, of writing as a way to discover what you actually think, to learn more about the world around you, even as you inhabit it. So there it is, y'all, a taste of Point of Learning Masterclass, a new project for high school English teachers. As always, would love to hear any feedback you'd care to share. In this season of Thanksgiving, I'm grateful for you. Point of Learning is written and mixed by me, but this time most recording and editing was done by Greg Jackson of Action J Productions. I'm Peter Horn, and I'll be back at you just as soon as I can with a new episode all about what and how and why we learn. See you then. And the audience I'm addressing for the next 18 minutes or so, uh, yeah, and the audience I'm talking to in the next 18 minutes or so is high school English teachers. But if you're still listening, you may just dig it yourself.